Hello and welcome to today's Just Chopping podcast. And with David and myself, we have legendary Welsh drummer Bob Richards. How are you, Bob? Good evening. I got Bob. my Jack and Coke. Bob's got his <laughs> got his hard drink in front of him. There's me on the wall. It's a nice day and uh, I've been down Cardiff Road Park with the wife for a lovely walk around the lake and walking through the trees. It's fantastic. So, you know. Come on, I said I'll have a Jack and Coke. Nice. And as you can see, I'm uh, the odd one out today because I don't have a hat on, even though I no. should have. Well, like I said earlier, I don't see my hair at the moment. Right? <laughs> the state of my hair. And I had a shave this morning. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah. <laughs> I shaved for there. You can be more scruffy than this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, hang on. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you can see, David's got a Buck and Evans t-shirt on and Bob yes. currently plays with Buck and Evans and also Son of Man. And yeah. ATAC, is it Bob? Correct. ATAC. Yeah, that's that's a recent a recent uh kind of band, yeah. Um I had a message from Chris Charles, bass player from Thunder, and he said, um, "Would you be interested in, in, you know, in joining this this band?" And uh, he, he sent me a couple of things. I was like, "Yeah, that sounds awesome," you know. So um, I got involved, and they did that video, and uh, we got our, an actual first rehearsal next Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, cool. Okay. Ready for our show um, in Brad Bradstock Festival. First to me, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah inglorious of playing, bad touch, blonde black. Just on the first gig. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like no pressure then. And we haven't really had a, one rehearsal. Yeah. So <laughs> How many songs got, have you got? Well, we we only do it forty minutes at the gig, so we've got enough. Uh, Keith actually sent out um, some MP3s and a, and a list earlier, so. Uh, I'm just going to be listening to that constantly, and uh, we, like I said, we got two days block book. Ah, okay. In the in the middle, yeah. so we're just going to crack on with it. So, um, and we have got uh, some other shows uh, booked uh, where it's going to be like a 90 minute thing. So there's more songs going to have to be added. So, okay. Like I said, it's a, it's a it's a new band again. So I mean, three original bands. Yeah. So, yeah. Will you be doing any covers then with this new band, or? Um, yeah, I think there's there's, a, there's one or two going to be um, slipped in there because of, we haven't got enough original yet. I don't think unless Keith got mm. a load of sleeve that he hasn't told us about. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll we bang one or two new ones out in the rehearsal. You know. Yeah, yeah. Or oh, it's going to um, be a monster drum drum solo. No. <laughs> no I, I'm, I'm Thirty-five not, minutes. No, I'm, I'm not keen on those things, you know. I, I'm less keen on drum solos as I get older. Yeah. When, when I was young, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, but no, I don't care about them. I'm just not interested. It's like drum clicks. <laughs> I'm not interested in drum clicks either. I like, yeah. I like, um, I like grooves and songs rather than real, you know, fiddling around the drum kit and. and breakneck speed and stuff you know set songs yeah, yeah. maybe it's because i i'm getting slower in my old age i don't know but, uh, <laughs> yeah well i mean you've been doing it for you know a long time i guess yeah 
I think it's a true. I read one. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it true you started at three? Yeah, something like that. But you know, you just, at three years old, you don't even know what the hell the drum is, do you? You just hit it. Yeah, you yeah, just bang it, don't you? Boing, and you go, ah, oh, that's cool. Um, my grandfather played the drums. He, he played the drums all his life, um, and he was in the Air Force Big Band in the Second World War. When he came back, he went, went in the clubs and played in the clubs. And I remember him buying me one of those little toy kits again, the catalogs. Oh, back yeah. in the when I was about three years old. Mm. Um, and I wrecked that. <laughs> uh, when I was about four and a half, he gave me the kit that he, he had, which I still got. And he went and bought a brand new Premier in 1969, late 69, which I still got that as well. Oh, okay. Along with my other 12 kits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so he, he kind of showed me some basics, and then I remember playing along to like Hellraiser by the Sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. And songs like that, and um, oh, I must I don't know how old it was. No idea. What seventy three was this? Eight. Yeah, yeah, eight. sweet, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then I just ended up playing in the clubs because he said, right, come down to the club and sit there. I was like, mm. okay. I was nine in the clubs then. No oh, way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's young, isn't it? That's we take it. Long, away, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know, I don't know. Like kids are allowed, were allowed in clubs then, really, weren't they? I mean, obviously, you wouldn't like to drink at nine years old, but you could always go in and sit with your mum and dad, or yeah, you know, I guess so. I guess so. crisps. But to be yeah. honest, it was a it was a fabulous learning curve. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I had to learn to trust these and those, and my gut feeling of as to what was going on and. How I had to react to the things, and then then I'd have to, you know, we'd have singers coming in and stuff, and I'd be playing songs with them, so I'd be just, just watching them and reacting to whatever I was being like indicated to do, or you know, quieter, louder, cut, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, you know, that's I'm an instinctive player. I react. Okay. So that's I think that's where that was born. I was never taught. Okay. You never sat me down and said. Right, this is what you've got to do. Da, 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 da. I mean, yeah, my grand said this is a single stroke, this is a double stroke, this is a waltz, this is a fox shot, this is whatever. Yeah, but he, he kind of like, you know, he, he let me get on with it, to be honest with you. But like I said, I'm, I'm an instinctive player. Even now, if I'm recording something now in the studio, um, I just like to go in and just say, roll the tape or whatever, hit record, and I'll just, <laughs> just go and see what happens, see what comes out. And then I'll go back in. And I listen to it, and I go, I like that bit, I like that bit, don't like that bit, I need to fix that fill. So yeah. then I go in and repair it. So you company. it. So I'm not the type of drummer to kind of have a plan and knowing exactly what I'm going to do and, and when it's going to happen, a structure. So I don't really play the, the, any song exactly the same every day. Oh, right, okay. It's so like, you're always improvising then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but within within the kind of parameters of what the song is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, I I remember rehearsing with Shy years ago, and and Steve Harris, the guitar player. I mean, bless him, he's gone now, and uh, an awesome, awesome guy, awesome player. And he said to me once, he said, "You never play the same fill twice, do you?" I said, "Well, there or thereabouts, not really." You know, I said, "I just I like to react how I feel at that time." Is is what kind of comes out, you know? Yeah. yeah. So maybe something in that in that ballpark, 
you know, in around the same spot, but it may not be exactly the same because I think in to, to do that exactly the same every night, it, you end up being like a, I don't know, a robot. But Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Mm. I shouldn't say that because, you know, you got an ACDC t-shirt on there and, and since I did the, the videos years ago, I have a massive respect for Phil Rudd um, and their music and you know, how kind of strict he is and uh, with the band and what mm -hmm. he played. And since I was asked to do um, a couple of gigs with Dirty DC and a few other tribute bands that I've got played a few songs, I've realised that if you play an ACDC stuff, it has to be done properly. Yeah, yeah. It has to be done properly. There's no other way around it. So um, I basically have to play it like he did. Okay. If I went in and played it like anybody else or, or just played off the top of my head or off the cuff or put loads of fills in, it would be wrong. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and just totally just like, they'd all say, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. But I realised that. So when I did those gigs with people, um, it was, uh, yeah, Duty DC, I just kind of reined it in and played what Phil played. Yeah, yeah. Hardly any fills. Focus on the groove, keep it driving, and what fills what fills I did play were, you know, either the same as or very very similar to what Phil did or would have done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that was a lot of Malcolm's influence though? Because Malcolm was a real perfectionist when it came to the structure and everything, wasn't he? Yeah. Um. Well, I I I don't really know too much about, you know, their their history or how they worked and stuff. But I, you know, I've heard that. It, it was Malcolm's band. He was the boss. Yeah. And I think, you know, we probably said, yeah, play it like this, do this, do that, or keep it simple. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think if it's grooving and it's rocking, you know, you don't need all those fills anyway. Mm. It takes it away from the song. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah. it's all about the song and about the groove at the end of the day. So, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I remembered... Um, it was not long after the videos. I was just, I was practicing there. I stick the iPad up and I was playing along to the River Plate gig all the way through it. I was like, wow, this is hard. Mm. And it's, it's hard because of what he didn't do. Yeah. yeah. That's the hard bit is, is not putting any fills in, but it in the right fills in the right spot. That was the hard bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I saw an interview with, um, Massive Angus. With Angus once, and he said Malcolm was just like a taskmaster over him all the time. Everything had to be perfect, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was a lot of Malcolm's doing. I think. Yeah. Reading between the lines. Yeah. So God yeah, bless him. I, I never met him. It's a shame. Yeah. yeah he, I suppose he was. Just, yeah. He was gone. Now. Gone now, wasn't he? Bless him. Yeah. Yeah. There ain't many of them left now, really, is there? Yeah. These old rockers are all, you know. Yeah. Falling by the wayside slowly. Getting on. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, you don't realise you're getting older, I think. I don't anyway, you know. Mm. And uh yeah, I'm probably not I'd probably be about the same age as you to be honest. Yeah, thirty six. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, thirty seven. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Well, I said I was I was talking to my old man the other day, and um, when they announced that Graham Bonnet is playing up in Steelhouse this year, 
and my dad was like, oh, how old is he? He must be. And like, my dad seemed to think he was really old. And I, I looked, I said, oh, he's 74. That's it, oh, yeah. you're younger than me. He's only a young guy there. And I was like, yeah, all right then. So uh, it is it is surprising, isn't it? You know, how quick time goes on. And you just assume all these rock stars are, are still the same age as they were when they started in the 80s Ooh. or when you saw them on Top of the Pops or saw them at Download or Donington or wherever you've seen them. Yeah, I haven't been to Steelhouse for quite a few years. I played it three times. I did the first one. Then I did a Friday night with Back in Evans. Then we played on a Saturday afternoon. Um, I haven't been here for a while, but I I gotta go up and see Graham because he lives the other side of the world, you know. Mm. And I, I can't remember the last time I saw him. Uh, twenty sixteen, perhaps twenty seventeen. Um, when they played Cardiff, but um, because we did that tour in twenty fourteen in March. Um, so that was a hell of a year, twenty fourteen. Mm. So we yes, marched, marched to it with Graham Bonnet. And in the October, I did the ACDC videos. Yeah. Ah, right, okay. She was like, whoa. Brilliant. But playing the, the, the Graham Bonnet tour was uh, was a dream come true for me. Literally, literally was. And um, I consider that to be like the, the pinnacle. Oh, cool. All right, okay. To be honest with you, because... I saw Rainbow. My first gig with Rainbow was in Sapphire Gardens, March the fifth, nineteen eighty. Okay. On the Down to Earth tour. Um, just after their videos hit, you know, TV, Top of the Pops, and uh, bought bought Down to Earth album, and then bought all the albums going backwards. I thought, wow, this this is awesome. Yeah. And then I went to the first Monsters of Rock at Donington. I was only fifteen then, and uh, that was just phenomenal. And, yeah, and then you know, getting getting Cozy's kit as well, yeah. and then getting the opportunity to work with Graham. Yeah, I, I rang him up um, first time I talked to him. I met him before, like, but first time I talked on the phone for like an hour and a half. I said, right, we got this tour. He said, well, what do you want to play? I said, right. I said, I want basic one down to earth tour. I just want to for me, I just just like a geek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was amazing on the phone, and uh, I just said, right, I want this, 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 this. I said, but I don't want to do any solos, no long solos. Oh, you've got to do a drum solo. No, I'm not doing a drum solo. Yeah, 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 do a drum solo. I said, no, great, I can't, no, I don't want to do drum solos. Tozy's drum kit? It's like, no, can't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, he kept on, and she got his way in the end, so we worked out the little, only a two-and-a-half-minute drum thing. So we did it... Instrumental version of Kill, Kill the King, then a, a short drum solo, keeping the tempo up and then coming out. And I thought that's all we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, then we played Hard Rock Hell with, with Graham. I, I put some videos up. And playing Eyes of the World with Graham Bonnet on Cozy's kit. That's it. Mm. That's it. Now you're top of your bucket list. Looking, looking over off. those songs. Graham, Graham would turn around and come to the, the kit and he would either pull a face, smile at me or or whatever. And I'm just thinking, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> Am I dreaming this? It's just, it, you know, he, he'd jump up on the riser when we were playing Lost in Hollywood and he'd be, he'd be, he'd be singing to me and I'd be doing the harmonies and, and he'd be hitting the cymbals. And I'm just thinking, this is insane. It's just like, what? How did this happen? You know what I mean? So... Yeah. Um, so how did it happen? How did it? How did it? Well, uh, let me think now. Let me think. How did it happen? 
Um, you know Carl Sentence? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Well, Carl's in Nazareth at the moment, right? I've known Carl for probably 30-odd years. And I was doing something with, like, a, a Deep Purple tribute band. Friends of mine, they asked me to do it, so I did that. So then we were up in the Midlands in the, in the Robin, so I was with, with Ian and Carl, Ian is a guitar player. I said, let's do a rainbow thing, you know. And Carl said, yeah, I'll do it. So okay. I had Cozy's kitten as well, so I picked the set, and we did a couple of gigs, and it was it sounded just phenomenal. Mm. Um, and I had a phone call from, from an agent. I said, um, I'm thinking of bringing Graham over. Would you, would you like to be his backing man? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so nah. That's how it started. So we, we did a British tour, included Hard Rock Hell. Um, just phenomenal. Yeah. Spend, you know, time with, with him and playing those songs. Just insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, highlight of my career. So, like, you know, I'd be at Donington at 15, just staring at the stage, looking at Cozy's kit, you know, listening to Graham's voice those songs and I'm like one day I want to play on it and you know which we yeah. did then you know and to, to play with, with Graham these songs and I've mm. done it I just like I don't care if I don't done anything, anything else <laughs> you know that's not likely but <laughs> well do you, do you know what I mean it's like yeah uh, I know what you mean yeah you know if, if it ends tomorrow it's like wow yeah, yeah. I've done. I've achieved my my dreams, basically. Yeah, uh, but, know, yeah. We, you know, we haven't earned millions of pounds from it, but you know, who has? Yeah, yeah. Pounds, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And nowadays, you've got no chance. Ah, uh, it's it's really tough. You know, all these musicians—they've all got two or three jobs on the side, and yeah. well, the musician is the musicianship yeah. is the side job, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, we were talking to Dane Campbell about it, wasn't he? And uh, oh, what a lovely fella! Yeah, he's a great yeah. guy, isn't he? Lovely fella, lovely he fella. Is, yeah. Well, all us Welsh people are lovely, mate. Yeah, well, yeah. So yeah. I, I said I come from work, and I, I said to the missus, I can't wait. I've been really looking forward to this. I said because I I love talking to the Welsh. She's as great. You can't beat her. <laughs> hey, as a as a um a side note, and carrying on from that from that agent who got me the gig with Graham. The same agent, right? He kind of emailed me and he said, um, Well, why don't you fancy putting a band together for Dave Bickler, the original singer from Survivor? Yeah. Okay. So we did a tour with Dave Bickler and we Good were way. playing Eye of the Tiger and Burning Heart and all those classic Survivor songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I put a band together. I got Jim from FM, guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Um, Glenn from Santa Man, Dominic and Marco from um, Santa Man as well. And I remember the first gig we did, it was fantastic because Jim turned around and looked at me and he just started going, I know. We were playing Eye of the Bloody Tiger with, with Dave Bickler. I said, what? What? You know? And we had we headlined the... Um, it was a Butlins, could have been Winter's End or Hard Rock L type of thing down in Butlins. Like 2,000 people, maybe. Yeah. Just insane. You know, we come yeah. off. Did we, did we just play Eye of the Tiger and Burning Art with like Dave Bickler? 
<laughs> Absolutely mental. Brilliant. Yeah, that's cool, man. How did you end up doing the ACDC videos then? Um, it was a phone call from uh, Ray Jones, um, bass player. You know, Ray plays with Salaman and Salaman and Sassafras. And um, Ray's brother, um, Dick Jones, has been working with ACDC since Back in Black. Okay. Well, as, okay. as a drum tech. And I remember I was, I was sat in there in the kitchen and my phone went and I didn't recognize the number as a Cardiff number. And I said, I'm not answering that. And then he was like, oh, it's Ray ringing now on his mobile. So I said, hey, Ray. He said, are you sitting down? Yeah. What's the matter? He said, have you died? No, no, no. He said, <laughs> my, my brother just called me and, you know, said that um, ACDC are in town in London this weekend shooting two videos and, and Bill is not there. And I was like, yeah. And he said, well, are you available tomorrow to go up and would you like to do it? He said, well, <laughs> Again, <up."> no. <laughs> I said, you want me to go and do two videos this is tomorrow? Yeah, if you want and if you're available. And my missus was going, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, it's just, are you pulling my leg? Ray said, no, 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 my brother will call you now. And I, I, I'd met Dickie a few years prior to that. So his brother rang me 10 minutes later. And I said, is this legit now, Dickie? He said, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I said, so do, do they know you've asked me? He said, oh, yeah, we'll be talking about you today. So Angus said, yeah, send him up. Right, okay. So I left at 7 o'clock the next morning. Yeah. Drum kit in the back and uh, off I went. Ah. No. So it was literally like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably like, the best way. Like winning the bloody lottery. Yeah, yeah. Pound. Yeah, without the million pound on it. Yeah, it's like, what would you rather? Do those two videos with ACDC or win the lottery? Mm. If you won the lottery, 100 million quid, you couldn't buy that. You couldn't no, buy no. That. So. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? But no, yeah, they, they, they were. Um, I, I got there, met uh, met Dickie at ten o'clock in the morning. Loaded the kit up in in the green screen room for it was play ball. Just set the kit up, and he said, "Right, I'll take you up the dressing room." I said, "What their dressing room?" Yeah. I said, "Do you want me to go somewhere else?" Said, no, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So you know, there's still like coffee machines in there and food and stuff, and I mean, in they walked. With the yeah, wife, yeah. girlfriends, and they were lovely, lovely. Oh, thanks, Bob. Thanks for doing this. You know, blah blah blah. Angus's missus was like making me coffee, and I'd sit down. It's like, oh yeah, no worries. Fantastic. So, oh, they still live in Holland. They were, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they were fantastic. So friendly, so yeah. nice. Really like down to earth and normal. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, well, yeah, I suppose yeah. That's the yeah, best yeah. way, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you're obviously yeah, well yeah. thought of within the circuit, I guess. I mean, for these people well, that are holding you up, you know. Yeah, but it's only—it's only who you know. This, yeah, I know that. But the drummers that could have done it. Yeah. But I was lucky enough to have the call. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But they obviously think you know you're obviously very highly thought of. Like I said, there's loads of other drummers they can call, but they call you, you know. 
Well, maybe there was loads of other drummers that was unavailable. Or they were like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't don't put yourself down, mate. Yeah, don't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how I, you know, I I yeah. don't see it any other way. Really, it's just like well, I was very lucky to get the call, and yeah, we all yeah. got on very well. Yeah, you know, and um, we had a great laugh for the weekend. Who's the tallest? Brian or Angus? Brian's a bit taller than Angus, I think. Is that with his heels on, though? <laughs> Brian had a lovely pair of cowboy boots on, and I said, they're nice, Brian. Because I got loads of cowboy I love my cowboy boots as well. And uh, I, 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 really good, like, you know, I, I couldn't do it, can't do the accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was showing me um, pictures of his cars on his laptop. Oh, he loves oh, his motors, really? doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we we were just like chin wagging about stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's hanging out like. Um, and to be honest, with you, I just I treated them as normal people. Well, they um, are normal people, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I did, I, you know, I'm talking to them like I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that's the way they wanted to be treated anyway. They mm. wouldn't, you know. I think, you know, oh my god, you know. So I just thought, it's just be normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we were normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a great laugh. Brilliant. Yeah, well, to be honest, that's the way I treat everybody. I mean, I treat everybody the same, to be honest. You know, we're all just people. I mean, it doesn't matter if you've got a hundred million in the bank or if you've got one pound in the bank. Yeah. We're all the same, like, you know. Yeah. We all have to eat and breathe and we all sleep. You know, we're, we're all the same, mate. It's not... I don't really put anybody on a pedestal, to be honest. I yeah, whereas I, whereas I'm completely different. Yeah, David's completely the opposite. I, I'm a proper fanboy. I, I was the same. I when we come and seen um, Buck and Evans. So um, myself and Andrew Jones, we came down and um, and the missus drove, and we came down to watch you guys. I, I, it might have been in the Globe, in Cardiff. Right? Yeah, it was an amazing night, and. Um, because I had a drumstick off you and everything, and Andrew was laughing at me because I was running around like a school kid. I had a wicked I, night. I've known Andrew for a long time, and yeah. he, he's like, he's thinking, well, it's only Bob. Yeah. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> it was such a good night, though. I was really, really good night. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a good night. Yeah, and I've seen you again. I, I've seen, so I've seen you in Son of Man maybe twice. And then for back in Evans, I think I've probably seen you maybe three or four times because I was going to go to the Patriot, but we were down Sound Bay, and um, so we couldn't make it up to the Patriot. But you know, luckily now you've rescheduled it to June, so I'm hoping we're, we're free for June now and come up and see yeah. you in June. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll have to give Andrew a shout and see if he's available, and we'll we'll come up and have a couple of yeah. beers with him. Yeah. What um, talking about your improvisation a little bit then? How do you find playing with Chris? Ah. Uh, Easy. Yeah? Yeah. We fit like a glove. All right, okay. We, we, we very much, he would agree with this as well, but we, we very much the same type of musicians yeah. with our respective instruments. We, we both play off the cuff. We both yeah, play yeah. off each other. Yeah. And the bizarre thing is we can both hit particular phrases or patterns at the same time without even telling you know each other about it. And then we just look at each other and go, and we just, think, <laughs> you know, it's it's bizarre. And okay. um, the first time, first time I met him 
was, I don't know, might have been 15 years ago, I think. Um, and he was about 16 playing his guitar. I was like, whoa. I, you know, you know when somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. Yeah. And he, he had it. Like, and um, my sister said to me, oh, I work with someone whose who son is Chris Buckley plays guitar. And he, she sent me a video. She said, oh, it's that guy I met. And his mother said, oh, I work with, with someone whose brother plays in man and whatnot. Yeah. And he went, oh, that's that bloke I met. Yeah. So I invited him down and we had a, had a jam in the conservatory and um, he was just fantastic. So I got him involved with what I was doing with man and nearly sent a man demos and stuff, you know. Okay. Um, and he played some gigs with Santa Man at the time and then Buck and Evans was home. So then he asked me to, to do that. But yeah, right. we... we Musically, we get on really well. Yeah, you know, yeah. I kind of know what he's going to do. He knows kind of what I'm going to do, and like I said earlier, we just do the same thing at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. people think we may like rehearse that, rehearse the shit out of that. No, it's off the top of our heads like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's know? cool. Man. Sometimes it it may not work. Other times it just you know, yeah, yeah. great. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, we, we fit together like like I'm in love with you know musically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. obviously known him for a few a few years then. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like I said, about since he was sixteen, I think. Yeah. Was old as you know, twenty seven, twenty eight. He's thirty. I'd say he's probably thirty now. Is he thirty now? Is he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's getting old. Getting old now. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be catching us up. <laughs> yeah. So what about did you know Sally Ann before fucking Evans then or did you uh, it... No. No? No. What a voice. Yeah, amazing, yeah. Staggering voice. Yeah, incredible, yeah. Staggering voice, yeah. I mean when we did that album that was all uh, kind of live. It was live, the bass and drums were live and then it was like the bass could you know tidied up, but I I remember playing the drums all the way through. There was no overdubs on it. He didn't want a click track. Mm. So I normally use a click track so I can kind of build and kind of repair and change. So I literally had to play these through. If I want to happy with something, I have to do it all again. So, but it, oh, you know, right. one, one takes with no click track. Yeah, yeah. Straight off the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I mean, you know, it, it works. Yeah. But it it doesn't it didn't give me the luxury of being able to you know change the parts if I wasn't happy with a certain bit of the song, you know. Yeah. yeah. Not so much anyway. You know, when, when you got a click track, everything's regimented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down on a grid, so you can kind of just chop and, and move and cut and paste and yeah. You know, it's a yeah. quick way of doing it too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Like I said, as you get older, you just get lazy sometimes. <laughs> like, well, well, that verse was really good. Just copy and paste and drag it into that yeah, second yeah. verse. Then see me doing it again. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Isn't it? You know, you can hide yeah. all your mistakes, can you? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes if you you do a first great verse and then you go and do the second verse or something, and then you may mess up in the second verse, and then when she starts missing a couple of things, your head your head goes and like, yeah. oh, you know. Leave it for today. Come yeah, back yeah, fresh yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. 
Ah, cool, man. So you played in um, in Asia as well. So you've done a like a an acoustic. So yeah. Playing acoustic drums was that was that a full acoustic set they were playing then? Was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, John and Jeff had a studio in Ask um, local studios, and I and I got to know them, and uh, we got on really well. They, they were at such a scream. I see Jeff now and again, anyway. You know, I've been to him and stuff, but. Uh, we used to see him pretty much every weekend, and then they said to me, "Oh, what are you doing like uh, Fortnite Saturday?" He said, do, "Do you want to come to Germany and do an acoustic gig?" Yeah, right, yeah. So they they gave me a tape to listen to and get the songs and stuff. So I did we did congas, tambourine, backing vocals, and stuff like that. You know, but yeah, again, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, and um, it was bizarre basically. And then Jeff had his piano. Solos and then he started playing video kill the radio star. Because like <laughs> yeah. what a song that is! Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is. It is playing it. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, I got video of him playing it on my piano just at the corner. He came he came in the house and uh, I said, Play it on, play video kill the radio star for me, Jeff. Show me how to do it. So I filmed him and he was sat there playing it. He had a comedy face on, he'd go, ding, and he'd grin. <laughs> it's, it's quite funny so yeah uh that was uh, that was fantastic now i think john's living in las vegas oh okay. is he he got yeah he goes out with um asia featuring john payne oh, oh right okay. what a character he is yeah yeah oh, pet hell, hell of a laugh and um, what a great writer and great vocalist you know? yeah yeah and we, we used to look after his um his african grey parrot Trevor, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd have Trevor for a week if he went away. So, uh, is that difficult? Would he show off? The, the parrot, parrot, I mean, or, or John? No, no, the parrot. <laughs> Trevor was fantastic. I got video of my video. Trevor, he's fantastic. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they get really attached to their owners, don't oh, they? Oh, Trevor was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, John loved animals. Um, he had a dog called Hartley. Oh no, Huntley. Huntley, sorry. And a, uh, a goat called Colin. A goat. <laughs> Colin. Yeah. yeah, surprised though, because parrots, you know, because they can get quite miserable, really, if their owners uh, go away for a bit. Yeah, we we made a fuss of him. Yeah. My wife and I love animals as well, so we, we looked after them. You know? Ah, cool. Yeah. Have you got any pets yourself? No, not since the kids arrived. <laughs> <laughs> since they arrived or since they left yeah 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 well Lewis Lewis will be 17 this year he, he was uh, will be, he will be 21 alright oh, okay yeah your kids will be he leaving he have a dog but uh, I couldn't be doing picking up the, the mess to be honest with you. yeah do you know what it is it's like having another kid in it yeah uh, yeah they're harder than kids yeah they are nice. I mean we've yeah. done hard about getting another dog because both my dogs are gone now and and it's like, do I really want a dog? You know, it's like I love dogs, but I, do I really want another one? Mm. You know, it's such a commitment. Mm. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't be, like wouldn't be without mine now. She's awesome. She's hard enough having a budget. I got a, I got a, I got a little. Um, she's like a, a sprudel, so she's a spring across with a poodle. Um, oh. but she's she's definitely my dog. You know, she sleeps on my legs and cutches me. And when I come in from work, she was going bananas now when I come in. 
So, um, yeah, she gets more of my attention than the wife does, unfortunately. Well, probably fortunate for the missus, to be honest. But, uh, you know, yeah, she's, um, she is awesome. Absolutely awesome fudge. Yeah. But I, I used to have staffies, kind of like stronger dogs and stuff like that. You know, I, I, I like all that. Yeah, once you, can, once you can put the bins out. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then I got this one, and, um, but she's, she's like a little fluff ball, and she's absolutely awesome. He's, uh, yeah, my little scrummy, I call her. Yeah, <laughs> he's always posting pictures of who he is. Oh, she's lush, but I got I got two rabbits as well. So, I yeah, well, we, we had rabbits, yeah, they're lush house rabbits, yeah. Yours in the house, they were, but they, they started chewing all the skirting boards and stuff. So, the missus made me uh, get a hutch and put them out the back. Oh. <laughs> Walking him up in jail now, are you? Yeah, yeah, they got a nice big run, and the, the garden is really well sort of um, protected or whatever. I can't think what the word is, but they so they can have a run of the garden as well. Yeah. But I've got to be careful because we replaced all the grass with astroturf, and oh. I just need to make sure that it's not poisonous to them before I let them run around on the astroturf. They're both yeah, they like that. They've been trying to eat that. I was thinking, oh, that's no good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digging holes in it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But the, the dog's awesome with them. She she tries to climb in the hutch and hoovers up all their poo. I don't know what it is with dogs and poo. They love a bit of poo, don't they? Yeah. So she likes rabbit poo. I don't know why, but um, they send her around my house and my fucking budgie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we had two budgies years ago too. Yeah. Two budgies. We used to have two rabbits. Yeah. I got a budgie now. Look after people's rats. We used to look after people's hamsters. The rats were awesome. Yeah, yeah. House rats, absolutely awesome. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine, like Jinx, used to have rats. Oh, man, fantastic. Yeah, they sit on your neck and stuff, don't they? Mm. Stay there for hours. We're talking about animals and pets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard a little story earlier, going back to your granddad then. Because he gave you your first mm-hmm. drum kit, he was actually a Spitfire mechanic in the war. Yeah, he was. Yeah, um, Spitfires, uh, Tempests. Okay, yeah, and probably Hurricanes as well. Yeah, uh, you know they had loads of Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. You know what a Tempest is? Yeah. You do, right? Yeah. Well, the Tempest came in later on in the war. It was the fastest plane they had. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, and I've, I've got a picture of, of him and the crew and the pilot stood in front of a Tempest with my mother's name on the um, bottom cowling that he oh, painted right. on there, yeah. Patricia. And the bizarre thing is I, I, I found a Tempest group on Facebook. I posted the, these pictures up and they loved the pictures. And, and then I, I had people saying, that's Flight Officer Jimmy James. No way. Wow. That's Squadron 262 or whatever. I can't remember this one. But he said, that's this picture was taken in whatever, Osnabrück, or this one was in Germany in 1945. What? So then I had I had the history of the plane, I, and someone sent me extra photographs of the plane. Oh, right, okay. I even knew when it got scrapped, where it was flown, and I actually found on YouTube combat footage of Jimmy James flying the Tempest shooting targets no way. Yeah. really bad and grainy yeah yeah um you couldn't make a lot of stuff out but it was so emotional seeing this knowing that i was the plane with patricia on it and my, yeah. my grants worked on 
flying in combat. That's amazing. And then I got a friend of mine, um, Paul Boschen, who who's an incredible guy building um, models, aircrafts, and Second World War stuff. And he built me a Tempest with with basically a replica of the photograph with the, the guy stood in front of it. All right. And so it's basically it's the photograph pressure on the sides, and my son's got in his bedroom. Oh, so nice. it's like, whoa. Yeah. Did he 3D print it? Well, someone else posted it. No, no, it's, it's a proper kit model. Basically. Oh, right, okay. Kit model. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. So he built it and painted it and put the figures there and it's on, on some turf. It's just fantastic. And um, someone then posted an incredible quality picture of the same the same image. Yeah. I was like, what's this? And basically, it was on the front cover of a modeler's pamphlet in Australia about <laughs> 15, 20 years ago. Um, with a little history in there of where the photos were taken and who they were. Yeah. Okay. And what had happened, they'd have official photographers and they would take photographs of the crew in various, you know, they'd all sat over a car, then they were sat there in front of the Tempest. So then they'd dish these out to the crew and they'd take them home. So that's how my granddad had them. But ours was all crumpled and yellow and cracked. But yeah. this one was perfect. And on the front cover of this magazine. So I had yeah. a, a really good quality version of it. Then I colorized it. And it's just incredible. Yeah. I get printed out, you know. But I learned so much about the, about the plane and where he mm. was. He was in um, the tactical air force. So he wasn't okay. just based over in Britain. He was based in Tangmere first. And then he went over to Europe six days after the D-Day invasion. So he basically moved out with the with the aircraft, supporting the troops as they went into France and Germany. Oh, uh, right. So he was the ta- Royal Tactical Air Force. That's what yeah. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. And did he ride motorbikes then? Um, yeah, he had a bike. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of those old engineers, they all rode motorbikes, didn't they? Yeah, he had a motorbike. Um, and he was, I remember him saying, he used to, oh God, when he used to pick my nan up from Woolworths, he used to start the car up, he'd warm the car up for 10 minutes. So what are you doing then? He said, I couldn't start a Spitfire and then they would just take off. You've got to warm it up. <laughs> in case it would stall, you know. Yeah. I said, yeah, but we're not going to fall, are we? We don't, you know. Because yeah. it was inbred in him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when yeah, they did those, ring those scramble bells, he'd have to run out, get the engine started, make sure everything's right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Because Well, I do that. To be honest, with my motorbike, I mean, I start my car and I just drive off. But with my bike, I always let it warm up, you know. Yeah. Well, I try and do that with Harley Davidson, but it's so loud it rattles all the windows in the street. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's not a real motorbike, though, is it? Course <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's and he makes hell of a hell of a racket. Yeah, well, the Ducati they used to do that. <laughs> is, is your Ducati a V twin? Probably, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, back when I had it back in the day, yeah. Well, what do you ride now? Um, I've got a Honda now, CB thousand R. Oh yeah. You know the new ones. Oh. Still got Ali Davidson, though, is it? No, I, I, can't, I just can't get on with them, mate. To be honest, Ali Davidsons. <laughs> Have you ever tried to ride one though? No, I don't want to either. I, I, <laughs> I just look at them and I'm like. You know, they make all that noise and they do like 60, 80 mile an hour. So, no, they don't. They do. <laughs> Why do you want to go faster than 80 miles an hour on a bike? 
Because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got caught up in Brecon once on my Ducati. I was on my Ducati, actually. I'll tell you a story now. There was a load of us. We were all up in the Brecon Beacons. And we came around this corner. And it, was, it must have been about eight or nine of us. I all on bikes. And there was this cop car parked on the side in the corner. In the corner. It was like in a, in a, um, a gateway, you know. So we all come past. And my mate looked at me. And I, I was just didn't think anything of it but there was this guy on this Thunder Ace 1000 then this is going back a few years a brand spanking new Thunder Ace 1000 and he just decided to go so I thought oh, fuck it I'm going to go with him so I went I went straight after him and then next thing you know this fucking cop was chasing us out through the Breck of Beacons and there's next thing we know now this police coming the other way as well because we weren't going to stop, or we weren't, you know, we, we never really saw him, to be honest, until it was too late. Then they had a helicopter out as well, because we were flying. <laughs> <laughs> so then when we eventually stopped, he, 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 he said, right, you stay by there, I want to talk to this guy first, because he knew this guy on this Sunday 1000, because apparently he'd run somebody over in Abergav Venue a couple of weeks before. Yeah, so, so tell me, you guys riding these sports bikes like your loonies. I know. Was... <laughs> you, don't, you don't get it with us. <laughs> So he said to this guy, this guy on the Sunrise, this this guy on the Sunrise House, and tried to bribe him then, and I'm like, oh, I'm not having nothing to do with this. I'm just, I'm like, just, I'm just staying by, I'm staying out of it. Because this guy, this cop said, like, I know you from out of any other week. And he's like, oh, I'll give you 100 quid if you like turn a blind eye or whatever. <laughs> I like, no, 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 forget it, forget it. Because there's, now, by now, there's police bikes that have come the other way. You know, the helicopter's over and gone. And then he came to me and he said, Right, your turn. And I was like, right, go on. He said, jump in the car. He said, you were doing 145 mile an hour down there then. I said, no, I wasn't. He said, yes, you were. I said, I wasn't. And he said, this this motorbike cop would come the other way then. I said, do me a favour, mate. I said, he reckons I was doing 145 mile an hour on my Ducati. Can you take it up there and see if you can do, do 145 <laughs> mile an hour on it, right? Right, I, I, did he or not? No, he didn't. No, he's like, he said... If you can do 145 mile on that, I wouldn't want to ride it. Because <laughs> right? it was an old 900 Super Sport, but it was an Italian import, see? So I said, look, I'm not, I, I, I wasn't doing 145 mile. He said, yes, you were. I got it on video, blah, 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 blah. I said, that's when you would try to catch me up. You were doing 145 mile an hour. So we went to court. Anyway, and I pleaded not guilty. And then it got through, it got postponed because I pleaded not guilty. Then he went back again. I pleaded not guilty again. I said, I'm not pleading guilty to do 145 miles. I would have got like a two-year ban, you know, mm. and because uh, we're doing it in the 60s, so it's more than double the speed limit. And then the third time he was due to go to court, the copper went down with cancer of the colon. Oh, So we went back to court and they said, oh, we'll just do a deal with you and we'll do a deal with you for 99 mile an hour. You get a three-month ban and I'll be it. You'll get 400 quid fine or whatever. I said, I'll take 99 mile an hour all day every day like you know so i was lucky <laughs> that the copper was unlucky really yeah you know but yeah 140 i wasn't doing 145 i don't think i was doing 144. <laughs> i might have been doing 150. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like when you guys go and you know vroom, past me i just shake my head like, oh. yeah i don't do that anymore i'm too old for that now you know, I'm plod plodding along, sixty mile an hour, a beautiful day. You know, listening to my music, whatever. Yeah. And uh, 
<laughs> they do. They give you a fright, man. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Do you I ever mean, go I... like, like you know, on like a a trek and with a tent and stuff like that? Do you ever do any of those sort of things? No, I never seem to find the bloody time. To be honest, mm. it was like, you know, you need at least a few days of doing nothing. Yeah. And even though we're like Easter holidays, I'm gonna check my diary what I'm doing tomorrow. You know, we're out there, you're everywhere doing stuff, and it's like, you know, next week I'm away, do two days rehearsal and stuff. Mm. Um, I was rehearsing last night, you know, so. I'll be honest, I got that bike there. Well, I got two bikes. I got an old Ninja as well, 600 Ninja. But I don't, I very rarely ride them anymore. Like, you know, I got that Honda, it's a big naked, big naked bike, so you don't really go fast on it anyway. You do like 100 mile an hour and the wind's blowing you off it. And then the the ninja I got, I don't really ride it because I get off it and I'm all aches and pains, you know. Mm. And I only ride it like twelve k or something, and it's like, oh god, I wish I never got on it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I love it when it's about thirty degrees, and I could just go out and just plod for hours on end with my music yeah. in a nice, comfortable position. Mm. Just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I find that with my naked, with well, that Honda I got, yeah. I love it. It's probably one of the most comfortable bikes I've ever had, to be honest. You know, you just sit there. Yeah. It's like it's, pro- yeah. it's probably a lot like riding a Harley, but it's a lot smoother. You know, you just sit there, you ride it, and it's <laughs> well, of course it is. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with all the Honda engine, like. <laughs> no, you can't. No, I I passed my test on a uh, Honda one two five, a CM one two five. All right, yeah. My first bike was a Yamaha uh, uh, DT50. Uh, oh, I was just going to say that. My first official first motorbike was also a DT50. I had it for my 16th birthday. I loved, absolutely loved it. Yeah, I did too as well, mine. But uh, we used to go everywhere on it, from Cumbran, Port uh, Call. I know. bet you did the same as me. Upgraded the front sprocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Took the baffles out. 11 tooth to 14 tooth, so you can get an extra couple of mile hour on the end of yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Do you cook the exhaust? Exhaust, I'll pour pepper in it, set it on fire. Really yeah. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah, we've all done it, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we're all there. We're all there. <laughs> we, got, we got nearly me and my mate, we were down in Porth Call and we were messing around with these buses because when we were going like on the flat, we could do like 50, 60 mile an hour on the flat because, you know, we had this. But when we got to the hills, we were fucked, right? So we were messing around with these coaches and we kept slowing these coaches down all the time. So we're coming back from Porth Call now and it was the same two coaches that we'd been messing around with on the way. So we started coming up this hill on these DT50s, me and my mate, because my mate had one. I had a black one. And my oh, mate yeah. yeah, and we're going up this hill and this the first coach overtook us and then the second coach came up behind us and they squashed us together and we both fell off on the side of the road. <laughs> 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 but you know when you're like 16 well, way back when what was that what, how many years ago was that that was like 40 years ago you know yeah. you don't think anything of it you're like, you like you think you're bulletproof don't you yeah you know what I mean and it's like well, you, I used to go in all weather I used to go up the snow well I used to well, ride mine everywhere I used to ride it to work yeah, snow I, rain you know. and like I'd be chivering but I wouldn't I won't go out on the bike now in the rain at all no I don't no like chance. that <laughs> I don't like I don't like the Ollie getting wet. No, I don't, I don't like my bikes getting wet either. No way. To be honest. 
I'm way past um, that. I mean, I used to ride my bike everywhere. I never had a car, so I had to use the bike, you know. And I used to go drinking up the lamb and all sorts of stuff on it. And But always in the rain, in the snow, in the ice, you're always out. Like I said, when you're a kid, you're, you're indestructible. But when I don't have an XT500 now, but uh, they, they cost a fortune. Yeah, yeah, I saw one of them actually for sale not long ago over here. Oh, I love uh, the XT500s. Yeah, with the gold wheels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. XT in, on the tank, yeah. black and white tank, and XT in red. All the LC 500s, black LC 500s, the old ones, 1981. All right, yeah. When the first LCs came out. Yeah. I have a set of chrome microns on it. And the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just rattling on now about bikes. <laughs> it, went, it went from music to pets to bikes. Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what you got coming up, mate? Anything? Well, the rehearsals next week with ATAC, and then uh, the gig, May the 1st, Sunday, May the 1st in Bradstock. That's the first gig. Are you going to be releasing any music? There will be an album at some point, yeah. Um, like I said, I'll know, I'll know a lot more probably in the rehearsals when we talk about what's going on and things like that, you know. All right, cool. So, um, I did I did one one track because the album was already done before I got involved. Okay. Okay. Basically, apart from one song, so I I went and recorded my drum parts um, for that one song, which which will be on it. So. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. good. I really like it. It's just like you know seventy three, seventy four era purple. Okay. Glenn Hughes mm. like that, that type. Yeah. Of, it's that type of vibe, you know. Yeah. You must have heard the song. You must have seen the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have seen it. Yeah, I really like it. It's great. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I don't know. I I've written down the name of the vocalist. I'm not sure of him, but I I like his voice as well. He's got a great voice. Lee Small. Yeah, he's got a really good voice, hasn't he? Well, he's a bass player in the suite at the moment. Okay, and they're playing at Steelhouse this year. Have they? Or no. Planet Rock. Planet Rock, they're playing. Planet Rock. I was going to say no. Yeah, yeah. yeah Planet yeah. Rock, they're playing. Who's fronting them? Who's singing for the suite? The front. Yeah. Uh, Paul Lanzi. Okay. Another, another friend of mine who's, who did the Cozy Bash for me. Okay. I keep so, seeing them pop up everywhere. I'm thinking, who the fuck's singing for them? <laughs> oh, they've, they're amazing. Like, if you've never seen it, you're just like, what? It's like this is the record. Yeah, really? Oh, cool. Oh, staggeringly good. My mate Lee, he saw them in London a few years ago. He said it's the best gig he's ever seen in his life. He said he just couldn't believe it. Ah, oh, right, okay. You know, oh, look forward yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah. Talk about ACDC cover bands then. Have you ever seen a band called Live Wire? Yeah, I, I played with them. Have you played with them, have you? I yeah, saw yeah. them a couple of years ago in Holland. They were fucking brilliant, mate. Yes, I know I know them all very well. I've I, I got up and played uh, half a dozen songs with them in certain, certain gigs they've done. Yeah. Um, in fact, I recommended Podge, the singer, for the gig. Okay. Because well, uh, he was an old mate of mine, and um, he said he was going to give up. And then I, I rang him up. I said, "Live Wire for a singer." I said, "You need to do it." Because mm. they went, do two sets, don't they? Yeah. So I so, so I rang um, rang one of the boys in the band. And said, "This is the guy you need." All right. Does he do the Geordie bit? Uh, he does, he's, he's Brian. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they do two sets. When I saw them, they did two sets. They did like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, it depends on if they've got a Bond Scott guy. 
Oh, right, okay. No. But yeah. um, Dirty DC, they have got a Bon Scott guy, but he lives in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. So now and again, he comes over. I haven't met him yet, and I haven't done a gig with him yet. Um, that's probably on the cards at some point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know? yeah it's, uh, that live well. But I, I really enjoyed it. It was, yeah, it was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I saw them. I I was really impressed. I was like, well, you know, because they did the two split shows as well. Well, the split show as well. They did the show with Bon, and then they did the show with Brian. And it was like, mm. this is just fucking amazing. This, mm. What an act. Well, the thing is, they, they try and get the sound right. Yeah. You shut your eyes, the sound is there. Yeah. And if they're all playing the correct parts and got the, the correct tempo, it's very accurate then, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what these tribute bands try to do. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. good. They, I was really yeah, impressed, to be honest. I've not seen because I said ACDC are on my bucket list, and I've, I, um, I did see a band called ADHD up the oh. Dragonfly. They were a good laugh, mine. They were all right. <laughs> Bit of fun. <laughs> You've never I seen them, have you? Them. Never seen DC. I've never ever seen ACDC. No, they're on my bucket list. Never seen them. Donnie's an eighty-one. Yeah. I can see it in my mind now. I I was right in the middle. I can see it clear as a bell. Hmm. About the bell and the bell came down. Brian at the bell with the with the sledgehammer. But yeah, some eighty-one at Donington, eighty-four at Donington, ninety-one at Donington, and in the NEC. Uh, forgot what year that was. That was early nineties. Um, that was it really, and then I then I did the videos, and then I went. Yeah. To, we went. My wife went to Wembley. Okay. Twenty fifteen. All right. Yeah. That was yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, six months prior to that, you know, I was doing the videos of them, and then I'm watching them then playing Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Like ninety thousand people or whatever it is. Bizarre. Yeah. I, I remember I went up on the stage and I'd look around before the, you know, in the afternoon and stuff. And I saw Rosie in the box, inflatables and yeah, cannons yeah. and everything. And, um, and I saw them all afterwards. So, oh, right, okay. Yeah, awesome. yeah. It was it was bizarre. But it started yeah. with Rock or Bust. Yeah. They opened, they opened with that and it was like, it was, it was emotional. It was weird, just like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, that's cool. Very, 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 very close. Very close to it. Yeah, very close to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so I'm, all, I'm all right with it, you know. I'm not bitter. I'm not bothered. Just, yeah. Just, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, of course, yes. So, so cool. That's awesome. And then you also played with um, Adrian Smith as well for a bit when he yes. did his um, solo band when he had a bit of a hiatus from Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah, I was due to see him up in... Winter's End, but my missus won very well, so I missed his set because he, he's been touring with Coza, hasn't he? And, yeah. Um, yeah, so I missed his set. What was I like playing with him? Is that cool? Uh, yeah, it was one of those moments again where he was like, I'm playing Iron Maiden songs with Andrew Smith. You know, bizarre. <laughs> again, that was from a recommendation. He, f- he phoned my house. No oh, way. Did he? Aye, he phoned my house. Um, Andy Barnett gave you my number. Andy Barnett was in FM at the time. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, age, age, fantastic bloke, really down to earth. So he, he rang the house and um, he sent me a tape. I learned the tape. I went up and auditioned and got the gig. Awesome. Oh, right. 
and uh, you know we ended up staying at his house and whatnot and all his gold and platinum records down the wall it's like what it's a different world you know <laughs> he's a great bloke he's down really down to earth and you know um, yeah uh, Maiden, well, I think most of them are the Mighty the Iron Maiden guys aren't they yeah yeah, yeah you, see, you know when they usually play I usually go and see them you know whether it's in Cardiff but a couple of years ago me and my wife went up to the O2 we had, a, we had a night out up there and they, they looked after us. It was an after show party. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. You get back to the old tent lap at three in the morning. Yeah. You know. But yeah, he was a great, great bloke. And we played um, a couple of Maiden songs in the set as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he, well, he, it wouldn't be an Adrian Smith show without a few Iron Maiden it'd songs. Have to, it'd have to be Run to the Hills, wouldn't it? Do you play that? No. No, we did. Can I play with Madness? And, yeah. uh, oh, I think I took my tongue just now. Not sure I only wrote. We wrote loads, but um, uh, Wasted Years. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, yeah. Well, I, I, I said to Rach, I said, you, if I was coming to see you and you didn't play any main songs, I said, I wouldn't be very happy. Yeah, yeah. You've got to do some main songs. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, I, I know they did do some Maiden songs up, um, but Winter's End as well, because uh, I saw yeah, a couple of guys years. the next day. Yeah, yeah. all those wasted years. Yeah. Yeah, I was gutted I missed them, but uh, here we are. He's a great player. Yeah. Tremendous player. You know, underrated as well, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic blues player. Mm. Well, you find that with a lot of these guitar players, a lot of them are really underrated, you know. Yeah, I mean, we spoke to a couple, and uh, it's like they're amazing, amazing people, and mm. amazing probably, guitar players. Yeah, it's probably the person you know, like Bruce Dickinson's probably got such a big personality, haven't he? He's you know, he probably comes forward more so than the than the rest of the band, I guess. Really, do you know what I mean? So that's that's probably what happens, isn't it? In some of these bands, where some of the musicians, you know, are a bit quieter, and it's because of the personality that comes out from some of the other guys there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Try I mean, because yeah. it's like it's kind of like Steve Harris as well. He's he's another big personality in the band, isn't he? And yeah. you know, he's sort of like yeah. like you know, he formed it, didn't he? So it's it's his band, really, I guess. Yeah, age very laid back anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Murray is as well, isn't he? Yeah, Dave. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, like, he's pretty yeah. chilled yeah. out, isn't he? Yeah, they're both so. like for scenes that they both lead guitar players. Yeah, they're not very prominent. I mean, the, um. I was going to say vocally then, it's not fucking vocally, is it? Oh, well, Adrian's a good singer as well. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. But you can, with the guitar players, it's more, pretty much a dueling guitar set with the, with the two guys from Iron Maiden, you know, and they brought a third one in. But... Well, yeah, Yannick Kurz as well, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah stayed, but, didn't he? But the, 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 the main two, the main two guys, and considering they were bringing really that sound for Iron Maiden, they were sort of like set back in the, in the show, weren't they? Mm. You know, like you said, you had Bruce up front and Steve Harris is always playing. He's always everywhere anyway, mm. you know, and they had such a good drummer in, in the old days. It was Clive, obviously. And then they changed it to Nico. And, uh, but yeah, th those two guys that play the sound were always sort of like, you knew they were there, but you wouldn't really know who they were if you didn't know Iron Maiden. Mm. Clive was a um, fantastic player. Yeah, Clive was, yeah. Brilliant parts on the albums, and Nico's a brilliant player too. To be honest yeah, with you, yeah. really, really good player. Yeah, yeah, and he got to play with Sooty. He did. 
Hell of a character. I remember we went to a um, an actor show party once. Um, he was, I think, I think it was after a maiden gig, and we went some to some studio. It was a huge like Halloween. I can't remember something like that. And I remember Nick. Oh, I was probably with Aid, and Nick. Oh, come past, and he looked at me. He went, "I recognise you." He said, "I said what?" Because basically, we did a vid the video with Adrian. Yeah. And they sent the video out to Spain where Maiden were rehearsing and they watched the video. So they ah. recognized me from the bloody video. Oh, okay. he's, oh he's a hell of a character. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, they were my first ever band I watched. They were Maiden. Back wow. in 1990 when I was four years of age. <laughs> <laughs> what was I? <that>, huh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Band, all right, yeah. guys. So, got anything new coming out with um, with Buckingham Evans? Any? Because yeah. uh, obviously the album came out two thousand and eighteen. I know you wanted to. Oh, I know you had yeah. some. It was yeah. rumours you had some new material that you were going to oh, play yeah. up the Patriot. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. So, we got two songs that are practically finished. There's another one that's uh, on the boil, and. Um, I'm thinking, well, we need to kind of get and record them and do a video for one of them or something, you know. Mm. Um, we need to start probably getting together at some point because we got, we, we are headlining the Abitilated Blues and Rock Festival. Oh, it's a good festival, that is, yeah. Um, that's end of May sometime, I believe. Okay. Oh, okay. It's still all that in the rugby, in the rugby club, is it? On no, the it's Met, Metropole. Oh, okay. In the theatre. Oh, right, okay. Um, so then that's the next gig, and I think then we're doing the Patriot end of June. Yeah. And I think we've got a festival in Manchester in uh, in August. Yeah, I read that, yeah. Firestorm, uh, isn't it? Firestorm? Yeah, yeah Firestorm. Inglorious are up there, I think. Yeah, Wayward Sons and those damn yeah. crows. and so, yeah. yeah, so should be a really good weekend, that. Yeah. Yeah, some yeah, something like that, right? Um, yeah, so that, that's that's it off the top of my head. What, what we yeah. got really? I mean, I got to check my diary. I ask the wife, "What do I do?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you keep keeping busy, mate. Yeah, it's good. Well, yeah, uh, it's it's bizarre. You know, you've got to take it day by day, to be honest, because you, you know, I don't know. It's like. What you never know what's going to come on the, on the end of the telephone. Brilliant. You know, getting older, you see, you just don't know where you are. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. But after that, you know, huh. perhaps, perhaps you take it for granted, all these things. Because, I, you know, I've always done it for, you know. Yeah, it's like second nature then. 40-odd years of playing mm. live. And I, it's like, it's probably... I was seven when I played in, to people first. Yeah. You know, so it's nearly knocking on 50 years. So yeah, I don't, uh, don't know any different. I still get nervous, man. Yeah, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get more nervous, you know, playing. Like, if you can see see people, yeah, they're not going to look at them in the eye. It's like, just look through or look at the back or something. Yeah. You know, you, you concentrate on what you're doing. And, um, 
and you, you kind of put you're going to put yourself in a in a zone. Yeah, yeah. You know where you can perform and where yeah. you're comfortable, without looking around thinking, oh, so and so, oh, you know. And then by the time you thought of that, you like you missed a cue or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that, that shows you're alive, mate. Yeah. But I, uh, and in the moment, <laughs> you're still alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you didn't get nervous and stuff and you were just doing it every day, it would be mundane, you know, and it would be like. Oh, what what was what was bizarre when when we did Donington I wasn't nervous at all. That was like another gig. And I mm. wanted it I wanted it to be overwhelming. Yeah. I wanted it to be special. I wanted it to be all these things that have built up in these last forty two years of Monsters of Rock. And it was none of it. Mm. Yeah, but that's probably because you had such high expectations of it. Well, it, it was pissing down the rain. <laughs> that's a bummer. <laughs> well, that's Donington for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> and uh, the dressing room was like a quarter of a mile away from the stage. Yeah. I didn't even go in the dressing room. I had to get changed on the side of the stage. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and because we it was everything was so fast. Yeah. It was like on, play, off, scrabble, out. Pissing down the rain, and we 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 it's like what we just played Donington. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, all the bosses rock I've been to, and the sun has been shining, and the bands have been playing, and it's like it was nothing like that. You know, not yeah. that it was just you know. And we, we when we were in the catering tent, and the rain was absolutely pounding down in the middle. I I saw Adrian. Adrian was there, so yeah. we had a chat. And we were all in it, just having some food and some tea and drinks and whatnot. And it was pounding the rain. It was made an headline that night. And I just, I thought, oh, let's go home. <laughs> then I, I wanted to see Maiden while I was there. Yeah. And we all just went home. Because it was just like soaking wet, damp, cold. And we trudged, me and the wife trudged through all the mud. Yeah. Through our angles. Um, you know, back in the day, it was glorious sunshine, dry mm. field. One day with half a dozen bands. Yeah. One stage. Now there was there's fifty stages, three million bands. Yeah. And a, and a circus and a you know a fairground. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's gone. It's, you know, it takes the mystique away from the show. It's like if you go back to like early Glastonbury, you know, like mid eighties and stuff. That's all it was, was a field and a stage. I've never um, been to Glastonbury. But, yeah. Well, I, if you go back to the 80s, the I early... I don't you really know, want to go to Glastonbury. Not now, I expect. No. But go I, back, I, you know. I, again, and I just like, oh, God, it must be my old age. Like, do I want to go and stand in the field all day? No. Yeah. yeah oh, I still love it. That's, what, that's why I like CeeLo so much, because it's... It's kind of like got the effect of a of a bigger festival because it's a three dayer, but it's still quite an intimate festival as well, if you know what I mean. So there's, I think, it was about six and a half thousand people went there last year through the weekend, mm. but it's still not. I I don't want to get in any bigger, do you know what I mean? Because I I get to see all the bands and then you get to see people after the shows and stuff. We love that. You you get darker and darker. Every time they're like that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, had, I had noticed it was getting a bit dark and I was thinking 
I was thinking, oh. I need my sunglasses on now, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I love, I, 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 I love Steve House. It's such a great event. Yeah, I, I can't stand up all day in the field now. My back goes, you know, it's like... Oh, you got to take a deck chair, you have Bob, and just have a yeah, chill, yeah. and then you go up to see the bands you want to see, and then just go back and have a chill again. No, I, I, if I can get in backstage, I'll just chill backstage all day. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can go and sit down somewhere and just, like, you know... Yeah, and you can watch what you want to watch. In the shelter, out in the way. Yeah, that's it, that's yeah. it. <laughs> oh, the life of a rock star! I tell you. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that, but it's just like, <laughs> it's just, it's just as you get older, you just like your tolerance is that you know go a bit like no. The life of a moody, grumpy rock star. Rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't drink much, you know, and I'm driving all the time, so yeah. So, you know. That's it, isn't it? Basically, oh, good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was to get him on, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> All right, then we're going to lay it off. Yeah, I, I got to ask you one question. I know you've already answered it, really. But, well, I've been having a slug in my um... yeah. Get it, get it down, you. So. Um... Obviously, you've played with all these fabulous musicians and some of your idols, like you've said. Yeah. Is there anybody that you haven't played with yet that you would still love to play with? Um, Richie Blackmore. Okay. Because that's basically going back to Rainbow Donovan, 1980, Down to Earth Tour. <laughs> you know, Richie, yeah. Richie's still my favourite guitar player. Um, so, yeah, Richie Blackmore. Um. I had another bucket list because I did Carl's album, Carl Sentence's album. Yeah. Um, Electric Eye. I came out about six months ago, I think. And Don Aries keep playing keys on it. Oh, right. Okay. As well. So I, I, I kind of know Don a little bit anyway and I've seen him loads of times, but now we're actually on the same record together. Yeah, yeah that's cool. So that's another thing that just blew my mind. You know, me and Don are on the same songs on this bloody album. Yeah. You know, um, and working with Graham back in the day, and now working with Don. <laughs> yeah. Two guys from Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, cool, man. You know, and I do the Cozy Bash every year, but we haven't done it for the last two years. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And um, it was at the, the memorial day for Cozy Powell up in Sirencester, we were, I think it was, a, was it the Placken? No, it was after the Placken mailing. A year later, we had a memorial. We just saw had a catch-up and a meal and stuff. And um, we were sat around the table. It was like Tony Martin from Sabbath, Don Airy, Neil Murray. Again, it still blew my mind. The fact mm. we all sat around the table together, I'm, you know, chin wagging and laugh and stuff. And I thought, if I don't say it now, you know, so I said, basically, I said, I want to do this gig for Cozy. Uh, and um, if I do it, would you guys be interested? Would you, you know? And they said, yeah. Oh, okay. So um, Don's, Don hasn't done it yet, but Tony did it. Yeah. Neil done it twice. So I basically put, put the set list together, and it ended up being three hours long. So we did the first one, we did like, Eight rainbow songs, eight of the big, big rainbow songs covering the Dio and Bonnet eras. 
and then we did the MSG stuff. And the first one with Ted McKenna was playing the drums. So Ted, but Ted sadly died three weeks after that. Oh, okay. The last gig he did. So I had Ted on the drums and Chris Glenn on the bass on the MSG band and Alex Harvey. Um, and then we had we did the White Snake set and Neil was on the bass. And then we did the Sabbath stuff with Neil and Tony. And uh, I played the drums for that. So um, that again blew my mind. I was playing Sabbath songs with two guys from Black Sabbath. Yeah. But I saw in the boat centre when Cozy was drumming and we did Headless Cross and Aaron Mundy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got it on video and I was, at one point I was just looking up playing Aaron Mundy and just, I had goosebumps on and I just thought, how did I get here? It was just unreal. Yeah. You know, I'd look to my left and there's Neil and he'd give me a nod and I was like, what? It was just basically stuff I wanted to play with all my heroes from back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the second year we did it, then we did the MSG stuff, and I played the MSG stuff with Chris Glenn. Another bucket list. Yeah. yeah. Buddha Khan album with Cozy. You must have heard the Buddha Khan album, yeah. MSG. Buddha Khan. Yeah, yeah. So we picked Armed and Ready, Cry for the Nations, um, Sleeping Dogs Like, Dr. Doctor. And in the afternoon, we did Into the Arena. Okay. <laughs> you know, just blew my mind. Yeah, and uh, and I know those songs inside out. I know the fills backwards was like so. I put all the same fills that Cozy played in the style of Cozy, and Chris, the bass player, would look over to me and he'd go, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. just do you know. And I had the cowbell. Um, my mates got Cozy's cowbell that Cozy had from Rainbow and Schenker and all that. So I had that on the kit as well. So there was points in the live album where Cozy would hit that cowbell. Yeah. And I would hit it at the same spot and you could see Chris going. <laughs> and it's just like, this is insane. <laughs> Cozy yeah. hit the cowbell playing with, with Chris Klein. It's like, wow. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so so they were ticks off the bucket list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with those guys. I used to see all those bands back in the day, early 80s. Yeah. When I was a kid. Yeah. And now I'm playing these songs with these people. It's like on Cozy's kit. Blew my yeah. mind. Brilliant. So like like I said at the beginning, if I don't do anything else, I've done yeah. it. You've done it, yeah, I've, yeah. yeah. I've done what I dreamt of doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice stuff. That's awesome. Amazing. You're a very humble guy, mate. Yeah, you know, very I'm just, oh, I'm not I'm just normal bloke. I just you know, I don't think there's yeah, like I said to you, you're obviously well respected. You're you're well thought of. So definitely, yeah. You know, yeah. Be some people laughing. No, he's a miserable bastard. Moan <laughs> <laughs> like Al. Well, I, I can moan like Al. If something ain't right, I can say. Hey. <laughs> if it's not right, it's not right, is it? Mm. You know, there's no point pretending it is if it's not. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's true. You know, I want it to sound authentic. Yeah. yeah. You know, like when I had the rainbow thing with, with Graham, I said to the boys, I said, I want it sounding like the Down to Earth tour. Mm. You shut your eyes, it's going to be the same. Yeah. I wanted the same sounds on the keyboards in the same same spot. Ian, the guitar player, you know, he's phenomenal. He's got the same gear as Richie. He sounds like Richie. Same sound, you know, yeah. same style. Um. And of course, I had Cozy's kit playing in, in his style, so the same sound as the kit. 
and we had Graham singing. Mm. Yeah. So like listening to it, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Bonkers. Well, let's hope you have a good drink with him when you see him up uh, up the mountain. Oh yeah, I'd love to see him again. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a good laugh, Graham. Yeah. Good laugh. Right, Funny good. guy. <laughs> All right, well, we'll let you get off because you're getting darker and darker now. Darker and darker. Well, it's been nice talking to you, Bob. Yeah, it's been awesome, mate. Lovely I'll, to meet uh... you, and uh, yeah, don't ever pull yourself down, man. I do all the time. You shouldn't. No, no, I'm like, no, 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 you know. Like Very good. Amazing right. stuff. Cool. I don't, you know, I just like, by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I understand. Lucky. Right place, right time. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, we speak a lot about that. but And an awful lot of talent as well, but... Obviously. No. This... <laughs> much... Can't be this much talent and this much luck. It doesn't yeah, work like that. that. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it does, I suppose, doesn't it? You know, it can, but it, not very often. Uh, you know, I don't know, it's all about the talent at the end of the day, for sure. To consistently right. being doing it and being called up, and yeah, definitely, for sure, it's about the talent. Obviously, no, there's drummers on YouTube that are like six who can play me out of the window. Well, I bet there is. You know, yeah. but they're only six, and they haven't got yeah. the ex- they haven't got the life experience. So no, however they will have probably. No. Yeah, maybe. Well, not by seven, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right for another year. <laughs> I think I think it's probably because of of YouTube access to material now, like that. Bang. Yeah, yeah. You can slow stuff down. You could see it. Yeah. Back in the day, I'd have a 45 record and I'd stick it on at maybe 33 speed and listen, you know, and try and try and work out Fireball. Yeah. Right? With one bass drum. Yeah. On record. And then the first time I met Ian Pace, I said, I got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I learned Fireball with one foot. My foot would last for 30 seconds before my leg collapsed. <laughs> I said, and then I saw a video of you playing it, and you, you roadie, brought out another bass drum, and he yeah. laughed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he laughed. Right, I'm definitely off. All right, back. All yeah. right, nice to meet you, Bob. I, I can talk all night now. I got some more Jack Daniels. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> well, we let you go. All right, all right cheers, mate. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Cheers, Bob. Thanks for coming on, man. Ta-da. 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 Ta-da.